Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding and steadfast in love. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. So just right after the new year began, Emery, our 17-year-old, came to the whole family with a proposal that we should watch in release date order all of the movies of the Marvel Universe. Chronological, is that chronological? Chronological order is a whole different thing. For those of you who are not into superhero movies, the Marvel Universe movies are a series of based on comic book characters brought to life on the big screen. Currently, there are 22 movies in this series, and as of last night, we had watched 21, and here they are. Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, Avengers, Iron Man 3, Thor, The Dark World, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 1, Avengers, Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man Far From Home. Of course, being a movie-loving family, we had already seen all of these movies, but never in such a tight time frame, and most recently we watched Avengers Endgame. A bit of a spoiler alert. These movies are years old, so hopefully it's not too much of a spoiler alert. 
But in the Avengers movie preceding Endgame, the movie called Avengers Infinity War, the good guys, well, lose. And the superheroes do not take it too well. Especially Thor, God of Thunder, who is used to winning with his good looks and witty one-liners and his thunder-inspired hammer, Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Mjolnir? Mjolnir. But when we arrive at Thor's home in the movie Endgame, which is supposed to be taking five years, taking place five years after Infinity War, we realize that Thor has obviously been spending the last five years eating junk food, drinking a lot of beer, playing video games, and it shows in the I don't know, 40 plus pounds that seem to encompass his once very cut physique. We had some conversations about this last night. It's very jarring to see an overweight superhero and an unkempt one at that. Actually, Emery was saying, what I don't like about him worst is that his hair doesn't look washed. I said, I think his hair didn't look washed in any of the other movies. It's just now that he's overweight. I think it's bothering you. It's clear throughout the movie that Thor carries guilt and grief and suffers now from depression and anxiety. He's so heavy with the weight of his shame and remorse that it has physically manifested in his body. Thor loathes himself. So why in the world talk about Thor this first Sunday of Lent? Lent, 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 I don't know. Because when I read Psalm 51, this is exactly the kind of regret and disgrace that is exhibited. You may remember me preaching on the 51st Psalm before and recalling the backstory to it, but if you don't or you haven't, here's a recap. Psalm 51 is attributed to David, King David, the savior and ruler of Israel in his day. But as the saying goes, the higher you climb, the harder you fall. And David at the pinnacle of his rule, falls hard. One day he sees a beautiful woman who is taking a bath, and immediately he decides that he wants her. It doesn't matter that she's married. He's king. He can have whatever he wants. Now when this woman Bathsheba gets pregnant, Even while her husband is away, David tries to orchestrate a way to hide his transgression. But when his plan fails, backfires, he just has the husband killed in battle. You know, no big deal. It's really not until the prophet Nathan comes to David and tells a story about a man who steals another but poorer man's most beloved lamb, 
that David recognizes that he has sinned terribly. He is devastated. And his shame is the catalyst for this poem, Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, for I have sinned and done evil. Surely I was sinful at birth. Surely from the time my mother conceived me, I was evil. I am low, lower than low, and only you, God, can save me. Make me clean, because I'm dirty. Make me new, because I'm broken. Erase my wrongdoings. Forgive me. It's a poem that Thor himself could have written, full of self-loathing and debasement, but also crying out for relief from this pain, this torture of knowing that you've hurt people and you cannot take that back. And the only cure is forgiveness from God. And the promise that God will forgive comes to us from the prophet Joel. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend not your garments, but rend your heart. In Joel's book, God is not impressed with outward forms of repentance. Customary in those days were um, actions like tearing your clothes or laying down, weeping, wailing, uh, piling dust upon your head, or even pulling your hair out. These were all signs to others that you were mourning, that you were in grief, even mourning or grieving over your own sins against God. It was an outward repentance. But Joel proclaimed that God doesn't want want showy grief if it means that there's no real change in the heart. Joel speaks about the day of the Lord, past, present, and future, when God did, is, and will offer salvation for those who are truly sorry for the ways that they've sinned, for the harm they've done to others, for the idols that they've allowed to take first place in their lives instead of God. And Joel promises that God is eager to love and forgive and wants to offer to people a new, clean start. But the first step is realizing that there was wrong done. There's a scene in Endgame where Thor goes to the past and encounters his mother, who actually is deceased in his current time. When he encounters his mom, he's embarrassed, he's having an anxiety attack, and she sees him and embraces him with love and grace. She recognizes that he is not the Thor that she knows, but she comforts him, gives him a few words of wisdom, and releases him from his guilt 
and only expresses love for him. She says to him, everyone fails at who they're supposed to be for. The measure of a person, of a hero, is how well they succeed at being who they are. We all fail, you know, Maybe not as spectacularly as Thor or as devastatingly as David, but we all fail. The expectation of the world and of ourselves is that we are perfect, that we are successful, that we are without mistake, but none of us are gods of thunder or divinely appointed kings, and they sure weren't perfect either. We are frail and weak, David reminds us that. But we are also beloved creations of a God who is eager and willing to offer us grace, forgiveness. Joel reminds us of that. So may the God of all grace and mercy be real to you this week as you remember that you are a beloved creation. And may your broken, open heart feel light and new, ready to save the world. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.